Welcome to The Brand Collective, a podcast about our favorite brands, featuring stories from the marketers and creatives behind them. I'm your host, Nick Ross. With me, Mackenzie Koss, marketer extraordinaire. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Brand Collective podcast. Today, we have Falayo Lasaki, principal and founder of Striped Elephant Marketing and Communications Firm. Welcome. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's so uh, wonderful to connect again on this level. Falayo and I used to collaborate when she was the head of marketing for Rain Wilson's production company, Soul Pancake, uh, and I was one of their video producers. The main producer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being called at one point a permalancer for that company, and I, it was kind of a compliment. I mean, that's fair. That's really fair. <laughs> <laughs> Although permalance gets no benefits. <laughs> that's unfair. I mean, that's unfair. <laughs> So for those who don't know, what is Striped Elephant? So Striped Elephant is a brand consultancy and marketing and communications firm, which is just a fancy way of saying that I work with companies and brands and sometimes individuals and solo entrepreneurs to help create a strategy around their go-to-market, to help them think through partnerships, um, sometimes to help through operational marketing sales and sponsorship. So it really is a, it's a boutique, you know, all in marketing firm that really is about helping brands accomplish whatever, whatever goal it is that, that we can do from reaching an audience and um, your message out, I guess is what I would say. Can I ask about the title? How I I always love how titles were formed. Uh, Is there a fun story or an anecdote? I don't know if it's fun or like, this could go two ways. You could be like, wow, that's cool, Flyer. Like, really? That's how you did this? <laughs> um, so no, I had another name that I loved that I won't say, but I had another name where I was like, I thought through it. I did logo design for it. I'm like, this is going to be the name. And then when I went to register, like before I did all of that, I should have done this. But when I went to register and buy everything, I was like, oh, of course, this company already exists. So I was at my dad's house and I was sitting at the kitchen table and I was like, I'm so pissed. Uh, What do I like? What do I like? I'm like, I like elephants. I like stripes. Ding, ding, ding. Striped elephant. And that's where it came from. Um, Which ironically, when I went to register the domain originally, it was taken just by some company that had it parked. So it was always kind of funny where I'm like, who are these random people having these same thoughts? And I include myself (laughs) in the random people. Like I'm not like being pejorative in that. It's just, I read somewhere. It's like, there's no such thing as an original idea. It's just whoever says it first. And like, even that, I'm like, nobody would have come up with this except. Blast. I wanted to start a company and call it Google, but there is one. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I feel like my life would have changed if that had happened five minutes earlier, but whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Can you talk a little bit about uh, starting outside of marketing? Um, Like a lot of marketers and creatives, uh, that's not their original mission. And I feel like you started as a creative in film and then segued into marketing. 
Um, yeah. Can you talk about this, the discoveries in your life that led you to marketing as a career? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I actually, I majored in advertising and marketing in college. And I did that because when I wanted to be like a creative writing major or anything, my loving parental units were like, <laughs> yeah, those are not jobs and we're not going to send you to college for that. I'm like they totally are. But I'm a first generation American and it was like, they were not having it at all. It's like, you need to get a real major. And so my sort of compromise was marketing and advertising. Although I had zero, zero, I was like, I wanted to major in film at one point. Like I had zero intention of going into marketing. It just was like, this is interesting enough um, for four years. I'll let other people think whatever they want to think about school with that mentality as an 18 year old going up, this will take up my time for four years and many thousands of dollars. But um, so I went immediately into work in the entertainment industry. I worked as a creative executive. I was an agent's assistant. I was a script reader. I was really in on the making side. And then I transitioned to marketing kind of by happenstance. And I realized that it was a, it was a really nice combination of my left and right brain because I am creative, but I'm also highly analytical, which I think doesn't necessarily happen in a lot of people. Like all those personality tests and things and the Enneagrams, I think I'm very confusing for them because I never quite fit. Um, and so marketing sort of I guess it kind of found me in that way where I just kind of took to it. Um, it was by chance that I had already had a foundation from college um, when the time came and I was like, I need a breather. I need money. Like I just like that. I was like, great, here's a job with benefits. Oh my God. Yes. Um, so it was, it was this great transition. And because I already had a background in story and, and essentially an audience because of that, I could enter, I could enter the field with a different perspective than some of the other people that I was working with. Um, I have been able to segue that into a lot in the entertainment marketing space, which has been a really lovely marriage. But yeah, I think starting from a different space as a marketer, I think that becomes a strength because at the end of the day, marketing is about connecting with other people and the more experience you have and the more of a, of a wider lens that you have, I think the better you are at your job. So I think it is good to have other experience, other background, and then frankly, just a lot of interests too. I love what you say about success in marketing just comes from being perceptive of people and being aware of the, the many nuances of culture and of uh, demographics and all of these things, these ways that we sort of categorize people and how that, how that works. Um, and also you have an interesting story and I would love to hear, uh, how that, that interest in story has served you as a marketer, um, specifically as a writer and, and in your work as an entertainment marketer, you do, you do so much with story because you have to package these uh, videos or ads or commercials within these sort of um, more story-focused missions of these companies. No, it's it's interesting because my 
when I was younger, I was also a photographer. So I've always just had an interest in people. I think it was probably sometime in my mid to late twenties where I was like, wow, I'm not really experiencing life. I'm just photographing it. Or I was like, stop taking my big, huge camera on vacation with me. But uh, so I've always just, I've, I've watched people like back in the day to date myself when you used to be able to go to gates at airports, I would sit there for hours and just watch people and also make up thoughts in my mind about like where they were coming from, who they were meeting. Like that was at the time where people could also greet you at the gate. So you could just see these moments and it always just made my curiosity run wild. I always, as a kid, just had a really vivid imagination. Like I just was sort of different and I think it worked for me. (laughs) um, And so when I got into writing, which as a younger kid, I wrote short stories and things like that. And then when I was older and I started thinking about it more seriously and like, how do you actually formalize these things? And then when I learned about scripts, because, you know, I grew up in Denver and I don't think I really understood scripts. I don't think I understood that there was somebody that wrote every moment of what you saw, (laughs) you know, where it was like, I don't think that that like translates to people where it's like, oh, if you saw that person walking across screen and they did something that wasn't by accident. Like I didn't understand extras. I don't understand all these things. So it was like that kind of getting into that world of how you can actually build something that can have such a profound impact on somebody thousands of miles away. I was like very taken by that. And there's so many parts of that coming to life that I find really fascinating. And so when you think about that from the lens of marketing, it is a very similar thing. Like How many people before Instagram kind of built a persona, bought their clothes, did their things based off of something that they watched? And so there's something that's like, I can see myself in that. And that feels really good to me. And I think translating that into marketing authentically, like when it makes sense and like really feeling like, who is the person that would use this? Or who is the person that should buy this? Let's tell the story of them. I think that's where I get excited in the marketing front because especially now, there is so much competition. There are so many products. There are so much content. There are so many things. Like You have to figure out what it is about your one thing that makes it worthy of somebody's time, worthy of somebody's dollars. I mean, like people are just choosing to stay home and stare at things because everything is so expensive. So what are you going to do to help them feel really good about making a different choice? Um, I think those are all the things in marketing. Entertainment marketing is interesting because using content to market content is always just a funny thing because it's like you don't want to give away too much. You want to make it enticing. You want people to understand the the quote unquote good of it. And you want them to take it away. Short form is even harder because it's like, this is only five minutes. You can't really tell them that much. But when you start diving into that type of a content strategy, when you're marketing content, um, it really is about what is the overall through line and what is the story that can get people into the series as a whole. And then when brands are using content, similarly to like, you know, the example with the, you know, people buying things based off of the movies they saw, it is like, don't do content for content's sake. Like really, really think through 
why this is the content for your brand and how it can like bring your story to life. And, you know, I've said this before, if it doesn't ring true, this generation, this like of internet users call them like they love, 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 love calling people out. So like, just do the thing that is real so that you don't get attacked online. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about this sort of almost the blurred line between entertainment and marketing and social media and maybe companies that from your perspective do it right and companies that maybe have have done it wrong. Uh, because I do think you have a unique vantage coming from, you've worked for very high profile kind of celebrity driven content houses and also freelanced with, apologies for saying freelance, but yeah. worked with any number of, of course. large, you know, Fortune 500 companies. So I, I would love to dive in a little bit more about how do companies do it right and and what things come up when, when companies are doing it wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think the companies that do it right, it's interesting because this blend of marketing and content and social and commerce, they really sort of feel like it's almost like splitting hairs at this point. I'll take Hot Ones as an example. Like Hot Ones, uh, first we love that complex. show. <laughs> like, yeah, it is entertaining. It is hysterical. It is funny. It is so simple. But there's an entire hot sauce business out of that. There's an entire commerce. They have brick and mortar stores, don't they? They have yeah. brick and as mortar. a result They're of the show, showing up in mm -hmm. all of these places, and it started with this really clear, really simple idea of I want to interview people and have them eat hot wings that get progressively hotter and we're not even really go like they don't get to stop like it's just like we're just going to keep going like you see people they're like wheezing and hacking and throwing up and it's like cool so let's talk about your next project yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. something that's just really yeah. fun about that and I think what is also really funny about that is they did it so well that people reach out to them and want to be included. And so that I feel like is just a place where you can see a company really blending that well. Um, I think companies, I mean, like if you're looking at like who are the great marketers in the world, I don't think you can have that conversation without like a Nike or an Apple in there because I do think that they just are incredible yeah. marketers. Um in terms of creating a world, right? Like they create a world. You want to hang out in that world. Nike, I don't know if they still do this, but I know for a while they were never putting prices outward. It was like, mm -hmm. you just, you want to be a Nike wearer. <laughs> That's what you want. Yeah. Like, we're not going to tell you how much it costs. When you buy it, you'll find out because you want to be a Nike wear. You want to wear a Nike jersey. You want to wear Nike shorts. You want Nike shoes. You want the whole thing because to be that is to be in this community of athletes. And so they really found the way to hit an audience exactly where they are and blow it out. I think they did an incredible job. Um, as far as companies that are doing it poorly, I don't know if I would call anybody out specifically in terms of you guys are bad at this. I just think you can witness it where it's like, if you're watching something, you're like, there's that moment where yeah. you're just like, okay, all right. Where it just feels like you're watching something that shouldn't be coming from that company. 
Yeah, it rings or, inauthentic or yeah. false. Or... It rings inauthentic. It rings like, Fake. okay, you're just jumping on a bandwagon or there's nobody, nobody, <laughs> this age group, the age group that you appeal to, there's nobody here. <laughs> Why are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's I can be older, true. that can be younger. Like the infamous Pepsi ad sort of comes to my head of yeah. like oh, trying right. to solve the world's problems through Pepsi. Through Pepsi. Yep. And it's like, I think, I mean, I think that brings it to a bigger conversation. Anybody who's having conversations where they start with these very lofty goals, but at the end of the day, your product is a soda or whatever. Where it's yeah. just like, let's take a step back. Like, and just, you know, I'm sure that we, you know, there's been all kinds of stuff written about people where it's like, who was in the room? How come nobody stopped this? I saw this. Um, <laughs> I sent this to my sister. I saw some, it was like a harness that was supposed to be, I can't even remember what it was for, but it was a harness that was like, it had a camera right in the center and you were supposed to wear it for some VR or something kind of experience. And it was supposed to do all these things. And I just looked at it and I started laughing. I'm like, there's not a single woman involved in the engineering or marketing process of this because there is almost no woman who could wear that comfortably just giving the female anatomy where it's like, you did not think that having a cross like this, you didn't think that through, right? Like, yeah, you just like, and so those are places where it's like, it can, it can just go sideways very quickly. If you're not at least like getting past your own opinion of something and really thinking past like, oh my God, we made this thing. Oh my God, we're going to save the world. Oh my, (laughs) like whatever. It's like, just, I think when you just get to people where it's like they clearly haven't gotten to like letter C, you know, they did think <laughs> A and B, right? Or it's yes. like, yeah, we got this. But it's like letter C is where it starts to get inconvenient for people. <laughs> and so they just stop. Like, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm like, I think I've done great work. I can also be honest enough with myself where sometimes I'm like, who else in this? Who were you serving there? Was that you? Was that just about you? (laughs) So I also like to not, I don't want to give anybody too much grief over it because part of this is having the freedom to get better and to do better and to know more. And so if everybody got it right all the time, it would be super boring anyhow. So, (laughs) right. Trial and error. Especially now. Who knows anything now? (laughs) Like, Yes. I want to talk a little bit more about First We Feast because I think that's a wonderful example yeah. to bring up. Because I think uh, interview shows are sort of paint by numbers. You know, it's mm-hmm. people in these very coveted positions, celebrities, sports stars, uh, you know, the billionaires of the world. Often when they're asked questions, they just answer in these amazing ways that are, you know, My life has just gone so great. One time this hilarious thing happened to me. Uh, But I think First We Feast found a way that those people are going to be as authentic as a person can be, which is when you have a scorching hot pepper in your mouth and it's, you can't fake it 
when you're like dealing with pain. <laughs> and I think that there's- 100%. There's part of that yeah. show that I, I always am just, I mean, marvel at is seeing these people that are usually the most perfect looking, glossiest people on earth, just dying from hot wings. That's all I'll say. I just wanted to interject <laughs> with a little bit. I just wanted to get that yeah. in. I think it's amazing. And I think it does, I think it showcases like, and I'm sure there's editing and I'm sure there's all these things, but at the end of the day, like your brain can't be polished when you're in like pain response, right? Yeah. So as much as you have a canned answer to something, like you can't breathe. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you're yeah. just like, I just have to get yes. the words out. <laughs> or like my favorite are like the people that like pound on the table or like, yeah. I just, it's just <laughs> yes. a really like, it's interesting because it is marketing for all of the people that come on there. Like you don't ever see anybody on first we see first we face that just has nothing to talk about. Like they don't, they're not going yeah. on because they just really love hot wings. Right. <laughs> like yeah. They're going on because they have something to talk about, something to promote. They want to market. They want to reach an audience. They want to reach an engaged audience. So there's a strategic way that, both the people on the content side are thinking about first we feast and 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 hot ones and there's a very strategic way that it's being positioned from the complex i think now buzzfeed side of it so it's very um like it's just it's really really smart because the other thing that it did um is it took the junket and turned it on its head which is interesting and so for anybody that doesn't know like a junket is basically a day of interviews where celebrities who are promoting movies sit in a hotel ballroom and reporters from 400, I'm exaggerating, it's probably more like 100, um, outlets just circle through that room all day. And ask the most boring, stereotypical questions. It's why there's so many clips of celebrities just, you know, exhausted and disgusted by well, the nature I will of those the days. Greatest gift maybe that we got is my favorite meme um, from a junket is Sad Bun Affleck. I think that <laughs> yes. that is the greatest thing to happen to press junkets in ever. Which just because a lot of people I'm sure think he's sad, but you know, it's just like, not this question again. What am I doing? Here? What is happening? <laughs> yes. I have like a life and a family and kids. <laughs> Like, and it's just like all over his face and who knows what hour of the day that was, but. Oh yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I want to go back uh, and talk about Soul Pancake a little bit. Cause you were the head of marketing yeah. for that company. Um, and for those who don't know, it was the production company that Rain Wilson started to sort of combat the negativity that existed online. And so they put out yep. videos that uplifted the human spirit and asked meaningful questions and were thoughtful and poignant um, and often tear jerky or often like celebratory. But Soul Pancake started at a time when uh, viewership and audiences reached this viral level that is really hard to reach right now. Um, Very hard. Yeah, can you talk about both that transition from these channels that got an immense amount of views to maybe more niche channels now uh, and how it worked back then versus what's working now? Yeah, I think discoverability was easier at that point. I think that's why you were able to see so many YouTubers 
and sort of like people who weren't famous, like break through. Um, I think going back to that authenticity piece, I, you saw like, you saw people connecting with the person on the other side of the screen in a really emotional and personal way. And it didn't have that kind of us and them feeling from celebrity. And I think this was also a period of transition. Like it feels like a million years ago, but you know, not that long ago, people were getting all their celebrity news from magazines and they waited a full week every week to get the photo like the photo that shows up in about four seconds now it used to take seven full days before <laughs> you saw it yeah and there was all of these filters of publicists and mist and all these things happening behind the scenes so this felt like oh my god i am in i am in with somebody i'm in with this company i'm able to experience this thing in a company like soul pancake which turned it into entertainment as opposed to just testimonial. It hit this really, really nice sweet spot. And it also was, you know, I don't think the internet has changed that much and still in that there's still a lot of negativity there. But at that point, it was this like, it's not salacious. It's not gotcha. It's not trying to create strife in people. It's trying to create hope. And I think that alone felt so novel and so just like whoa how do we like how do I get a little more of that in my life um and it was you know it was joy for the sake of joy and I don't think that that was by accident I think the people that founded that company were really really smart and they also felt like I'm I don't want to put words in their mouth but from what I'm when I spent time with them, when I think about it, that it was really about, this is what I would need. So I'm thinking about what would I need? This is what I would need. Other people probably need this too. And there was always this like litmus test of like, does this hit me? Does this like really hit me? Because if it doesn't even hit me, we have to stop. Like it has to hit me first. And so I think that was a company that was really good about that. And they weren't just trying to get out. They weren't just trying to push out more, which I think is also the problem now. Right now, not only, okay, flashing back. Also at that point, the platforms were also still building. Yeah. They were building, not trying to profit yeah. off of. We were all growing together at that point. So you get 30 million views on your video. That's great. It's like YouTube got 30 million views on its video. This is wonderful. There's this symbiotic relationship, right? There's no power struggle just yet. If you go forward now, it's like the platforms are like, thank you so much for building up our audience. Now we would like to charge you to access them. That makes it harder. That yeah. makes it harder for people who don't have a lot of money to break through. That makes it harder to know from an audience perspective, like what's bubbling up. Like I think vir the, like virality has changed a little bit. There was also less options for users in terms of where they were gonna go to watch video, to watch content, to watch anything, less opportunity for brands where it's like, if I want to get in here, I have to partner with XY creator or put you know banner ads or whatever around these videos. Like it was, 
it was all a lot simpler. So trying to recreate that, something that happened, you didn't know what was going to happen until it happened. And I think when people try to recreate things that didn't necessarily happen on purpose, that's when it's like, just push out more, just yeah. do, just do more. Like, yeah, it's, and that I think is the biggest thing with what's happening right now. The world is changing so much and it's being driven so much by the consumer. Whereas when I was growing up, what was cool was definitely being like passed to me. It was like MTV, um, you know, celebrity, this and this and that. That's where you got your trends from. Like I've always been a big fashion person. So like Vogue magazine, all of these things were telling me what was new and next. Whereas now all of those places are like scrolling on TikTok, looking on Instagram to figure out what's new and next so that they're catching up. And so the relationship has changed, which I also think creates a very interesting dynamic for brands and marketers. Because if you're waiting for them to tell you what they need, why do they need you? It's a weird thing where it's like, it's, you have to almost like take yourself, take off your marketing hat for a second and put on your human hat and just start thinking about like, what is interesting you? What are the conversations happening with your friends? What are the conversations that you're reading about and seeing? And then go back and think, I'm going to proactively do this thing. With the knowledge, it might take a second to catch up, which in this very short attention span time is also (laughs) really hard so it's this like you know snake eating its tail thing that's happening because you almost you need time to grow things but the time periods just keep getting more truncated and truncated and truncated and the definition of success keeps getting loftier and loftier and loftier and I do think you're seeing that now with a lot of these companies having to like scale back and really be like huh okay Something about this was unreal or unsustainable. Now we have to walk it back to a more realistic time. Um, yeah, it's it's all it's like again, this is like more content related, but it's I think as things kind of blend together and it just makes it more more challenging for anybody to know what is the right way in, what is the most effective way in, and how long does it take to know if we're right or wrong. And how do we pivot really, really quickly if we're wrong, specifically in situations where like it is not always easy for companies to move quickly, yeah. right? because there's a lot of people affected by the move. And so it's just it's just interesting. It's an interesting time. I don't know if that answered your question at all. No, but... I, think, <laughs> I think it's really fascinating. No, that was good. And I really think it uh, I like this idea of trends now originating from organic content, uh, whereas they used to sort of almost filter down from pop culture and from, you know, celebrity and the big channels. And now it's like celebrities and the big channels are like, what's popping off on TikTok? (laughs) Like, we need to add some of that to our show. I mean, if you think about it, 10, 12 years ago, the idea that a major celebrity would start a YouTube channel is insane. Yeah. Like just think yeah. about that where it's like you can follow me on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I mean what? Yeah, in like 2009, 2010, I sold a web series and I still remember people being like, "Oh, that's cute." 
web series. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's not that long ago. People were like, oh, bless your heart. Adorable. Like when I first got into the digital side, because I dove deep, I was like, I don't know anything about this. I want to get in there. I certainly for a minute lost my indie cred because it was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, I'm just trying to get ahead of the game. That's what I'm yeah. trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Like something yeah. is coming. Like, yeah, I got to know what's coming. I don't want to I don't want to find out what came and start chasing it. I want to get in ahead of it. So, um, no, it's like, I don't know, like even TikTok, you know, it started as like musically and all of these things that people don't remember where it was a lip syncing app at one point. And now yeah. it's this cultural phenomenon. But it started out as like a little app for kids. And now it's like. I don't know, some megawatt celebrity is trying to figure some megawatt. Like these people are like yeah. synonymous with the word celebrity and yeah. they're still trying to figure out how to become relevant on TikTok. It's a very, because I feel like they think they have to. And that's where it yeah. starts yeah. getting so. TikTok is interesting, especially from a brand perspective, because I do think that yeah. every company social media person now is like we gotta get on tiktok oh my god you know like everyone is like is trying their best to do tiktok yeah. and tiktok yeah. is such an organic platform that sort of is rooted in uh almost like repeated content like someone does a little like pop 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 and then someone else is like i'm gonna do that too and then that becomes a little swirl of tiktoks it's just so short and so organic that i think it's I don't know. I think that's the wild, wild west for companies because I don't Absolutely. know that. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like Duolingo might be the only company that's like crushing TikTok from a brand perspective. They, they are. Job. They do a great job. Um, I think that what companies are doing when they do well is they think about whatever. And this is not just TikTok. This is everywhere. They think about the platform first, mm -hmm. like before they just plug and play whatever they already have made and stick it like, oh, just make it, just put it here. Like if they really think about the platform and the audience on that platform, because what you don't, <laughs> I know disruptive is like the word of the decade, but yeah. like that's a place where you actually don't want to be disruptive. Like you want yeah. it to feel like you belong there. And so if you put content there that feels like entertaining, the Washington Post whether you love them or not, they do a fun job because they don't really, they do a little more news reporting now than they used to. But it used to be like the weirdest, like sad desk lunches. Like it was like, <laughs> yes. I don't know if they, once they started getting bigger, they're like, oh, we should use this for work. But they had these like very awkward TikToks that were just like day in the life in the newsroom. <laughs> and how like yes weirdly mundane and funny it was and then I think they started getting more of a following and so then it was like oh we need to we need to put a little shine on this um but when they didn't it was so interesting and like I have found stuff that I like on TikTok I'm a little like I like the more random things I'm not I don't really follow TikTokers um but like, I just remember there was one TikTok video that was like a fail of like a coffee decoration where you thought it was going to go really well because it was set up like it was going to be this beautiful thing. And it was right. awful. 
I shared that with everybody. I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. It. And so what I love about TikTok is that it is so unpolished. And that is where brands have to really think, am I comfortable with my brand in this light? Because that's, that's, although I know that things are changing there and they're trying to get more real and more, you know, TikTok or whatever, but, um, that's a little bit more shiny. Like there's, you have to kind of think about where you're putting it. And if it doesn't cast your brand in the light that you want it to cast, you don't have to be there. Like it, it'll always feel like the, you know, shoe on the wrong foot, like right. be really great elsewhere. <laughs> like yeah. I think that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's incredibly difficult for a lot of brands. Cause I think the messaging is so curated and so, mm-hmm. You know, like we have to only mention this stuff. We have to only frame things in this way. And and TikTok is is such like uh, it is to use your word. It's like a behind the scenes platform of like we want to see yeah. just people being real, goofing on, goofing around, trying things. Um, and that it it does feel like that's terrifying to most brands. And how can yeah. it not be? Like you're investing in some cases millions of dollars into things and it's like do we really want to show the $4 version? Like <laughs> I mean even this I was asking you I'm like is there going to be video cuz I got to put mascara on. Like you know, it's just like it's not just me. Like, yeah. We usually just put the video on TikTok. On so yeah, it's just all on TikTok. <laughs> all TikTok. Everything is TikTok since we all started working from home. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. Seriously. Um, there might be a correlation. Yeah, it's, it yeah. is. It's an interesting. Well, I do think the unpolished view on TikTok is comforting to people in a way where it's it just is. like, I'm tired of trying so hard to be this thing that I feel like I cannot be. And on TikTok, for instance, maybe I don't have to, maybe I can just be what I am. I know that like, that was the spirit. I'm sure as you know, where fame goes, weird things happen. So now I'm sure yeah. there are people that are like, but I'll never be like that TikToker. She's so naturally <laughs> nat- like, yeah. like, how do I be so right. like, how do I make myself as natural as she is? It's like, wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah. and Same then for brands, it is, a, it's exactly a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And then brands, I feel like they're not on TikTok, not just on TikTok. Everywhere you go, you are competing for every single eyeball like there's it used to just be you used to be in competition with your direct competitors now you are in competition with attention span you are in competition with multiple screens like i am a hundred percent the person that has a tv on a computer next to me a phone in my hand i've i've realized like i saw top gun it was the first movie that i'd seen since the pandemic um and I was like, God, this is so hard. And I realized, I'm like, oh my God, this is the first time in two years I've tried to give undivided attention to one screen. <laughs> right? And it was a muscle I had not flexed in a very long time. And it just got me thinking as a marketer, oh, we got a lot of work to do. We have to work really hard. Like, yeah, I'm watching this movie, which I am enjoying, and I am desperate to scroll through something <laughs> while I do it. Like, <laughs> 
I'm like, just as a security blanket at this point. Yeah, just, it's just yeah. instant. I got to get reflex. through my news feed. Yeah. Like, God, did I get an email? I don't think that's healthy, but it is what happened. So. It's real life, though. Everyone's yeah. everyone's doing it because when you work at home or work remote, it's like you sleep essentially in the same place that you're working now. Hopefully, yeah. like, you know, hopefully you yes. get out of your bedroom sometimes, but it's <laughs> okay. like, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's a, it's hard to like not have that line blurred and it's nice to have kind of that distinction of like, all right, let's give undivided attention. And I saw that movie as well and it was fantastic, but it was also so funny great. like, oh, I get to like focus on this one thing. I don't have to worry about anything else. I don't have to put out fires or, you know, like you said, wanting to scroll. Um, it's, I think it's fantastic, but also a fun road ahead for all marketers and branders. Fun road ahead where it's like, yeah. how, how are you going to break through? If this is like, if I am thinking about this and it was mostly just like a minute where it's like, this is hysterical. But if like, if, if this, experience that I'm having that I'm really, really enjoying. I'm still like squirrel, right? Like yeah. if I still have that moment and I am in a dark room with only one big screen to see, like, what is it when you're bombarded with thousands of messages a day? And that's where it's like marketers have to like think differently and get in and the thing that worked a year ago two years ago it just might not work anymore absolutely so get nimble (laughs) yeah that's true pivoting and getting nimble um I have one more question for you and that is what advice do you have for marketers that are focusing specifically on b2c and then struggling to rise above the noise and competition it's interesting if I had the right answer for this I would be in a very different station in my life I'll just leave that there but um I think the advice that I have is go back to the drawing board and think about what makes you you first I think that oftentimes when people are struggling with b2c marketing they look out instead of in Um, and when I say that I'm not saying like let your focus group be only the people that work with you or for you. That's not what I'm right. saying at all. I'm saying you started this for a reason. There was a problem that you were solving. There was a reason that you thought, right or wrong, but you have to think you're right. You thought that this was the best thing, that this was the very best thing for whoever is supposed to be on the other end. Get right. back to that. I think people forget that all the time. Like there is a reason that makes you, frankly, at least one better than your competitors. Start focusing on that. Look at that reason and then go forward thinking, okay, what is it about this one thing that I am better than anybody else at that is the most value to the person on the other side? So it's like you start by thinking about you and then you think about the person on the other side. What is it about this one thing that you do great? that is going to serve somebody on the other side and then get very hyper-specific about that. Like kind of got to go narrow to go broad. Like if you start trying to serve everybody, you end up serving nobody. Right. Um, And so that would be like, think about who is your consumer. Cause if your consumer is everybody, we have already established that everybody's got a lot of stuff going on. 
So there could be that one person who represents a lot of people just like them, that this is exactly what they've been looking for. And like, get really good on that and then listen to them and then do what, what the trends have been telling us. Like then listen to them, iterate based off of what they're saying. They will tell you. And the ones who tell you loudest, it's like, I don't know that I've ever left a comment or like a review on anything ever, but I do read them. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's always kind of funny to me. I'm like, there's a type of person that really wants to leave a review. Like they really care. I'm not that person, but I value those people so much because they either really love it or really hate it. And those are two good things to know. Like people that are just kind of like, it's good. They don't write reviews, but if it's like, this is too good for me not to tell you what I love about it, or this is awful and I'm going to renew. Those are two places that you can really learn. And I think people need to lean into that. I think people need to get out of their own way in terms of their ego. Mm -hmm. I think that one thing that these like up and coming companies that keep, you know, throwing markets off. They have no ego. They will learn anything. They are excited to learn more. They are excited to go, not just to speak at conferences, but to sit in the audience and learn what everybody else is learning. And so that's what I would say. Like, get really good at understanding you first, understand your audience, and then make sure that you have enough humility to keep learning how to do your business better. I love that. It's literally back to the basics. And kind of almost swallowing your pride and putting yourself in your, you know, quote unquote, target market consumers shoes, if you will, and what they want and what their needs are and what you can solve for them. Absolutely. What's in it for them? Yeah. They got a lot of other choices. Make it worth it. (laughs) Yes. So we've got Stand With a Brand up next. Liquid Death, which is a sparkling water. They also do still water. Those crazy cool cans that everyone's seeing. It's like the skull yes. melting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got yes. it. I've seen the cans. I never clicked in to figure out what I was looking at. But yes. <laughs> I had the exact same experience because forever, they almost look like a monster energy drink or something. Yes, they do. But they're at yeah. Whole Foods. And I was like, why are they here? <laughs> And then I looked into it. It's like it's like all natural spring water. <laughs> like yeah, sparkling they're, water. they're not bad. Yeah, yeah. I've I've dabbled in them, but <laughs> <laughs> Liquid Death partnered with comedian Bert Kreischer to create an eighty style workout video called Body by Bert to tout their canned water and body positivity at the same time. So in the video, you can see him proudly displaying his belly while also showing workout activities like shaking margarita. And then also sitting at a table recording a podcast, kind of like we are. (laughs) Uh, There's thousands of comments engaging with this video. And my question to you is, do you stand with the brand or do you take a seat? I think if there's thousands of comments, thousands of comments is a good thing if you're putting out content. I guess it's, you know what, I'm going to say I'm going to stand with the brand, but I would also love to know did this net in thousands of comments or did this net in revenue? Because I would stand with the brand with the information that I have. Oh, that's great. All these people viewed this. All these people watched this. They love Burt Kreischer. You messed, you know, you connected with comedy and, you know, I worked for a comedy company. I'm like, so I understand the value there. I think you put video in. That's awesome. Did you sell more water? (laughs) That's the other (laughs) thing, which I don't know. 
right? Like, I think it's, you know, if they're putting themselves in a space where they can be engaged by more customers and people can really see this, but it's like, are you becoming an influencer or are you selling? So that's where it's like, I do think I would say, sure, I stand with the brand. I love to be entertained by brands. I love to like, if it if it's like funny and interesting, awesome. Sometimes that doesn't mean that I want to buy anything though. That's the truth. So right. I would be really curious um, if they're creating, what they're creating off of this or like, what is the, what's step two in this? Okay, now we got all your attention and here's what we're doing with it. Um, so I would say, yes, based off of the information that I know, stand with the brand. I love that take. No, I'm the same way because I think it's great to make a splash, but then it's like, well, six months down the road or three months down the road, what is that? turnaround look like? Did it turn into revenue? Is it going to be a series of him doing this? Is he going to do different things? Is he going to travel the world like in his workout gear and sparkling water? Um, I thought it was funny. And kind of for me, if they can touch that humor piece, I'm intrigued and interested in, you know, the product, but I agree it that's only like step one of the process. And, um, I think he did a a fantastic job and looked hilarious in his gear and everything. Um, I did find it awesome that he was sitting down trying to do a podcast as well, well dressed, um, (laughs) very eighties, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same in the sense of stand with it. And I'm interested to see what this will do for them because sometimes this skyrockets in their sales and revenue and other times it plateaus because we have sometimes seen, like you said, there's not, technically original an original idea you have to just like go for it and jump on it and I feel like this has been regurgitated but I feel like they did it in a maybe just like I don't want to say funnier way but I feel like funnier than some companies that I've seen yeah. do. it was just very like transparent very fluid because he is an entertainer and in comedy so I think that's what stuck out to me was it reminded me of kind of like the 80s and 90s SNL skits they were just like spewing it out and having fun with it um so I I, i'm the same stand with the brand but with some with some caveats of like i wonder what this will do for them exactly and i think that if it doesn't do what they thought it was going to do i stand with the brand further if they like pivot if they like yeah. they're like cool okay we're going to do something else like we're like i don't think anybody should ever be faulted for like trying to take a risk and trying to break through like that is absolutely can't help but stand with somebody who's who's willing to do that and like I yeah. agree with you funny funny is primo I love funny so yes yeah I feel like uh this is the type of video that when I picture you watching it I feel like you would like be able to peel behind the curtain of the whole video and be like oh I've worked with comedy partnerships just like this. I know what they did. I probably know the back and forth. I know how much budget this video got. You know, like, I feel like you're the person that right away my mind would be like, oh, she knows everything about how this video was produced. I think anybody that works in content, it's great. It also ruins things. Like I'll watch TV shows with my family and I'm like, do you want to know how this is going to end? They're like, could you get away? (laughs) Want to know who the bad guy is? I know. I can tell you. That's amazing. I can tell you. (laughs) Yeah. I liked it. 
I I thought it was cool. I do think I've seen a couple different uh, pieces by Liquid Death, and I think they're really trying to separate from a pretty sterile, you know, competition. Like water is generally seen as like water, you know, like you see like a mountain spring or, you know, like that's kind of, yeah. there's not really a sexy water company. And I think they're trying to be right. like, we're a water company that both understands, you know, like their whole thing is liquid death, kill your thirst. Like we're a mm-hmm. water company that's yeah. like, we're a good product. We're also edgy and funny and self-aware. And I think they're trying to sort of build this youthful, rebellious water drinker population. <laughs> like they're trying to tap yeah. into people. So funny. They yeah, might be no, like, I think from a marketing perspective, super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I saw something else they did and it was really shocking. It was a bunch of kids like in some, they were in some aggressive, I can't even remember the story of this video, but I remember kids like screaming their heads off and going, and then seeing liquid death and being like, what is this? <laughs> Wasn't there another one they did recently where it was like they had people eat really gross things or something like that? I don't remember exactly yeah. what it was, but it was, I saw yeah. the the articles pass through and it was something about like the most disgusting video you've ever watched or something. And it was all, it was all like liquid death based. Yeah. Um, even the name, like what they are is like clever and not wallflowers. They want to be noticed. Yes. And I think that that's amazing. Like, and so that to me, I'm just kind of like, I want to see a year from now, two years from now, like, what does that net up to? Because I think in this space of everybody's an influencer, it is interesting when brands become influencers as well. Do people want to buy or do they just want to engage? Like, are, are, yeah. is Liquid Death a content company that makes water or is it a water company that makes content? So that's where, like, yeah, I remember seeing, like, Liquid Death, for instance, one for the longest time. I never looked to see what it was. I just figured it was, a, like, a, a beer of some sort. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's a water. That's funny, right? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's funny. I get that. That's funny. Yeah. Um. So I do think it's, I'm so interested. And I think if, if anything, if, if anything, I just think it's cool to see a brand just swinging, like what, like, like they are at the end of the day, we sell canned water, but it's like, there's boxed water. There's this, like, there's all, it's like, we sell our water in a can, right. But it's like, no, but we're going to make we're going to make selling water like selling headphones or like selling something that's right. like cool. It's not just water. This is cool. Like who said whoever. So I think it's, <laughs> I, I love the fact that they're doing that. So. Hey man, selling water is cool. <laughs> it is cool. Yeah. Like drinking water is a thing that we need to encourage people to do. Yes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like, if people don't drink water, they die. So it's also like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. also like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I, was, I was always going to drink water just for my own survival. So, like, totally. Not really a choice in the matter. So, it's well, interesting. We have one more segment and we ask everybody that comes on the same three questions. I apologize we're going a little late, but hopefully we're no not problem. butting up. Um, I blame it on my dogs. Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, and this segment might be familiar to you because these questions are sort of based in a series that I did for Soul Pancake called Zero to 100, oh, really? um, okay. which Falayo knows because we worked together on promoting that series for years. I think we did it for five, yeah. year, five years in a row and had multiple yeah. brand partnerships. I remember we did one for Tide. We did one for so, yeah. the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie. We did one, like we did all these different brand partnerships with the same series. Um, so all these questions are going to be familiar to you. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so the first question that we ask everyone is, uh, what have you done recently for the very first time? Ooh, that's a good question. What have I done recently for the very first time? What have I done recently for the very first time? I think I have just started trying to really venture out and see new parts. I've lived in LA on and off for like 20 years. And I have been trying to venture out <clears throat> to new parts of it. I've been doing staycations and um, really trying to explore and be a tourist in the city that I live in. I would say that's something that I am consistently doing new on the very first, for the very first time. Um, it's really just an exploration of things like there's other things where it's like oh I tried to bake this thing that didn't work but like <laughs> when I think about like getting out into the world um and just really like trying very specifically to do things that I haven't done even like I'm trying to think about vacations that I want to plan like it's all about now for me <laughs> I think this is because I've literally been stuck in a very like same situation for what feels like an eternity in yeah. these like last couple of years is that I just want to see something I haven't seen. Like I want to like experience new um, as often as I can, even if that new is not something novel, it's just new to me. Like I I'm excited by that. Like I, I can tend to be a creature of habit. So like, this has been a fun time to break that habit. Yeah, I love that. Um, the next question is, uh, if you were invited to a show and tell right now, what item do you think you would bring and why? If I was invited to a show and tell right now, well, We'll just assume I know some of these people because I'd be like, none of your business. That's the first thing I would say. <laughs> we are strangers. <laughs> no, like uh, a wholesome show and tell. Like, uh... No, even if it wasn't a show and tell like that, literally, I'm just a private person where I'm like, why are you asking? What's it, what's it, what is this? Like, what is this? Like, like, I get made fun of because people think there's like this tiny little old man with a tin hat that lives inside my body who's like, the people are watching us ironic that I work in digital so often, but, um, <laughs> it does not lost on me. Um, but, um, I would say, what would I, I would bring, I have this stuffed dog that I have had since I was about five. And I would bring that because it has traveled the world with me. Literally. It has like been everywhere I go. And I think that it's just this like reminder for me to always keep that little piece of home and keep that piece of you like an anchor point um I think that's what I would bring uh if I had to I <laughs> I lived in Italy in college <clears throat> and I had um 
a roommate who used to call it Captain Sporco because it's like, it doesn't look like a dog. It's this like smashed, weird, like it it used, it doesn't have a nose anymore. Like this thing has been like loved over its life. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think that that's what I, I think that's what I would bring because it's just a little piece of home for me. And I think it's always good, no matter where you go to have that touch point. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mind your own business. <laughs> That's not, might be my favorite, <laughs> might be my favorite answer to that question yet. Uh, the last question that we have is: If you were to meet a younger version of yourself, uh, what advice do you think you would give? I would give the advice: um, Have more fun. That's the advice that I would give. I have been a hard worker my whole life. And I think you work for a really, really long time. And so what I would tell the younger version of myself is that you got to have, like, you have to just have more fun. You have to not put things off for the right time, even if you have work to do. Like, always leave space for the magic, always leave space for the fun, like plan it in your day. Like you put everything else on your to-do list to just really take those moments to like have a lot of fun and have a lot of enjoyment. There's this Nietzsche quote that I like, and it's, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's essentially like we should consider each day lost and on which we have not danced at least once. And so like having that, in your mind and that that spirit where it's like especially now I mean I would tell my yesterday self this where it's like have fun like we're all overworked we're all tired we're all this and there's an there's a way that you can just like let that consume you or you can just dance anyway and so that's what I would tell my younger self I love that yeah really beautifully said Palayo, thank you so much. It was such a lovely experience having you on the show. Thank you. Yes, thank you. You too. You're listening to a Brand Folder podcast, where we like to say, strong brands live here. Join us as we build the Brand Collective, a podcast for anyone curious about the people behind the brands that we all love. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. And if you feel inspired, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Until next time, this has been The Brand Collective.